Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Previously On in association with Sky Atlantic, a podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Game of Thrones Season 1 We are in Westeros, a continent set to the west of the known world. Other continents exist and become relevant later on, although most of Game of Thrones is set here. First of all, we saw three rangers of the Night's Watch. The Night's Watch is a military group that guard the wall, which itself is a 300-mile-long structure that separates the wildings of the north from the rest of the continent. The rangers come across some White Walkers. The White Walkers are humanoid ice creatures believed by most people in Westeros to be a myth, along with some Whites. Whites are zombies that the White Walkers have reanimated to form an army. That's one of their special skills. Two of those rangers got killed, but one managed to escape to bring news of the encounter to Lord Stark, Ward of the North, who doesn't believe his story and executes him. So, the Starks. These are a really important family to the story. Lord Eddard, or Ned, is in charge, along with his wife Catelyn and their five kids, Rob, Sansa, Arya, Bran and Rickon. They live, and Ned is lord of, Winterfell. Also, there is Jon Snow, who's Ned's illegitimate son. All bastard children carry the surname Snow in Game of Thrones. And Theon Greyjoy, who is a willing hostage of Ned's after his family, the Greyjoys, lost a battle. Each of Ned's children, including Jon, are given a direwolf, which is just a massive wolf. Ned learns of the death of the King's Hand, who's the King's right-hand man, who's also his father-in-law, and is then visited by the King and his family. Important people alert. King Robert Baratheon, Queen Cersei, her brothers Jamie and Tyrion Lannister, and her son Joffrey all arrive at Winterfell. The king confides in Ned that he feels unsafe and asks Ned to become his new hand and offers to wed Joffrey to Sansa as a sweetener. That evening, while they celebrate, Catelyn Stark received a message from her sister, the hand's widow, suggesting the Lannisters may have had something to do with the hand's death and that the king is in danger. Jon Snow, angry at being excluded from the banquet because of his status, asks his uncle Benjen, who's a member of the Night's Watch, to take him back to the wall with him. We then jumped over to a new land across the sea called Pentos, where Prince Viserys Targaryen, who wants to take King Robert's throne, has struck a deal with the fearsome Dothraki nomads and married his sister Daenerys to their warlord, Carl Drogo, in exchange for an army. As a wedding gift, she receives some books from Jorah Mermont, an exiled knight who now serves the Targaryens, 
along with some old dragon eggs, which have long since turned to stone. Back in Winterfell, the episode ended when little Bran Stark found Queen Cersei having sex with her twin brother Jamie. To stop this incestuous news getting out, Jamie pushed Bran out of the window. We begin in Pentos. Daenerys rides out with Khal Drogo's clan, also known as a Kalasar, as they cross miles of desolate grasslands. Whilst camping out for the night, Jorah reveals to Viserys the reason he fled Westeros. He sold poachers to slavers, invoking the wrath of his liege lord Ned Stark. To escape the death penalty, he fled across the narrow sea. Back in Westeros, Winterfell is reeling after Bran's fall. Although he survived, he's comatose. Before setting off to visit the Wall, Tyrion Lannister breaks the news to his siblings that Bran may live and implies that he knows more about the circumstances of Bran's accident than he's letting on. Also headed to the Wall is Jon Snow, who's off to join the Night's Watch. Jon gives Arya a thin sword specifically designed for her slight build, which she names Needle. Before leaving, he visits Bran's bedside and is met with a frosty reception from Catelyn, who resents Jon as Ned's son with another woman. Catelyn begs Ned to stay in Winterfell and support her, but Ned claims he has no choice but to travel to King's Landing and take up the King's offer. Ned says goodbye to Jon and insists he is a Stark by blood, even if he does not carry the name. Jon asks if his mother is still alive, and Ned promises to tell him more about her the next time they meet. Ned... Arya and Sansa, along with members of the household, head towards King's Landing while Jon travels north and arrives at the Wall. During the journey home, Robert Baratheon tells Ned that he fears Daenerys could be a threat to his reign, suggesting assassins kill her before she has children with Drogo. Ned dismisses this idea as immoral and needless, but Robert remains convinced that a war is coming. With most of the family absent from Winterfell, Rob Stark pleads with his mother to leave Bran's bedside, but is interrupted by news of a fire. Despite the fire, Catelyn remains with Bran, only to discover an assassin in his bedchamber, who clearly wasn't expecting company. Bran's direwolf Summer mauls him to death. Catelyn visits the tower where Bran fell, and discovers a long blonde hair at the scene of the crime. Catelyn theorises to Rob and Theon that Bran saw something he wasn't supposed to, and suspects the Lannisters were involved. It's revealed that the assassin's dagger was made of Valyrian steel and dragon bone, rare materials that a common man wouldn't have been able to afford. Catelyn decides to ride to King's Landing and tell Ned the news, leaving Bran behind to recover. Back in Pentos, Daenerys asks her handmaiden Doria, a former prostitute, to teach her how to please Khal Drogo in bed. After some hands-on training, Drogo's mind is blown. Along the King's Road, Santa Stark encounters Sir Illyn Payne, King Robert's royal executioner, and Sandor Clegane, a warrior in service to House Lannister with a badly scarred face. He's known as the Hound. The Hound reveals that Sir Illyn's tongue was removed by the Mad King, Aerys Targaryen II, the ruler who Robert Baratheon deposed. To her delight, Prince Joffrey invites Sansa to walk with him. And they find Arya practising sword fighting with her friend Micah, a commoner. Joffrey challenges Micah to a fight and cuts his face. Arya lays into Joffrey, and when Joffrey threatens her, Arya's direwolf, Nymeria, attacks him. Arya throws Joffrey's sword into the river and runs away, setting Nymeria free so that Joffrey's guards can't find her. The Lannister guards find Arya and bring her straight to Cersei. Joffrey lies, telling his mother that Arya and Micah attacked him with clubs before setting Nymeria on him. Robert calls Sansa forward to tell her account, and Sansa claims she can't remember what happened, angering Arya further. In the absence of Nymeria, Sansa's wolf lady is sentenced to be killed, and it's revealed that the Hound murdered Micah on behalf of Joffrey. 
as Ned gives Lady a death worthy of the North, hundreds of miles away in Winterfell, Bran Stark wakes up. The royal party have arrived in Sunny King's Landing, far from Winterfell's bleak, unforgiving landscape. Ned is immediately ushered away to a meeting of the small council. En route, he encounters Jamie Lannister sat alone upon the stone steps before the Iron Throne, the most important piece of furniture in all of Westeros. The pair share a tense exchange of words about Jamie betraying and killing the Mad King and Ned's feeling about the Mad King, who's Daenerys' and Viserys' father, killing his father and brother. At the meeting, Ned is joined by council members Lord Peter Littlefinger Baelish, Grand Maester Pycelle, Lord Renly Baratheon, King Robert's brother, and Varys, a eunuch with the title Master of Whisperers. Here, Ned learns the vast extent of the Crown's debts, and that half of the gold is owed to Lord Tywin Lannister, father to the Lannister kids Cersei, Jaime and Tyrion. Arya remains angry with Sansa over the death of Micah, and in an effort to lighten her mood, Ned allows her to keep her sword, Needle, on the basis she learns how to use it properly. Back in Winterfell, Bran is awake but suffering from both memory loss and paralysis. As he lies in the half-light of his room, old Nan, a long-standing servant of the Starks, tells him stories of the White Walkers north of the Wall, how they rode on dead horses, and how a knight once lasted a generation and kings froze to death in their own castles. Rob Stark enters the room, and when questioned by Bran, solemnly confirms that his younger brother will never be able to walk again. We return to King's Landing where Catelyn Stark and Sir Roderick, Winterfell's master-at-arms and loyal servant to House Stark, are picked up by one of Littlefinger's men whilst trying to sneak into the city unnoticed. Catelyn's trying to tell Ned about the dagger. The pair are escorted to a brothel owned by Littlefinger where he and Varys await their arrival. Catelyn fends off her anger at being shepherded to the brothel long enough to ask Littlefinger for help in finding who tried to kill Bran. Littlefinger instantly recognises the ornate dagger used by the assassin as one he himself used to own but later lost in a bet with Tyrion Lannister. Meanwhile, under the shadow of the wall in the far north, Jon Snow arrives at Castle Black, home of the Night's Watch. He's pitted against other new recruits under the scornful eye of trainer Sir Alyssa Thorne. Jon quickly beats each new challenger, much to the disgust of Alyssa, who gives him the moniker Lord Snow. Shortly after training, John is cornered by three of the humiliated recruits and only avoids death when Tyrion appears and suggests the three assailants' heads would look good adorning spikes in King's Landing. Ned and Catelyn are secretly reunited and as news of the dagger is revealed, Ned vows to expose the Lannisters' treachery to King Robert. Littlefinger agrees to assist, declaring he could never refuse Catelyn anything. As they share a moment together, Ned tells Catelyn that Littlefinger is still in love with her. Across the Dothraki Sea, Daenerys begins to display her newfound confidence by commanding the Khalasar to halt its march. When questioned by Jorah Mormont, she declares she is not acting like a queen, but a Khaleesi. Taking great offence that his sister is now calling the shots, Viserys grabs her by the throat and draws his sword. However, he's quickly lassoed around the neck by a Rakaro, a Dothraki warrior, who drags him to the floor asking Daenerys if she wants Viserys dead. She declines his offer and later reveals she is pregnant with Carl Drogo's child, at which point a strangely concerned Jorah, after admitting he disgraced his father, announces his intention to travel to the free city of Cahor, promising he will return before the Horde reaches Vae's Dothrak. Back at the wall, Lord Commander Gior Mormont, Jorah's father, and blind Maester Aemon ask Tyrion to send word to his sister that the Night's Watch need more men as the wildlings have begun to mass in great numbers and rumours of White Walkers gather speed. 
we close with a return to King's Landing, where, under the watchful eye of the swordman Sirio Forel, Arya Stark takes the first steps of her training in the art of swordsmanship. We're in Winterfell with Bran Stark, who is dreaming about following a three-eyed raven to Winterfell's crypt. When he wakes, Theon informs him that visitors have arrived. Theon orders Hodor, a gentle giant who can only say his own name, to carry Bran to greet their guest, who is revealed to be Tyrion on his way back from the Wall. Tyrion's met with hostility from Rob, but is calmed when he gives Bran designs for an adapted saddle that will allow him to ride a horse despite being paralysed, and encouraging Bran to accept his disability. Tyrion refuses offers of shelter, sensing he isn't welcome, but before leaving, asks Theon where Catelyn has gone and mocks him for the Greyjoy's failed rebellion. At Castle Black, a new recruit, Samuel Tarly, arrives. The Watchman mocks Sam's weight, and Alyssa Thorne orders a recruit to fight him until he improves, despite Sam surrendering. When John intervenes, Thorne demands that three men fight John. They're all unsuccessful. Sam thanks John, but John warns him that cowardice has no place at the wall. Daenerys and the Kalasar arrive at Vase Dothrak, the only city in the Dothraki homeland. Her brother Viserys insults the Dothraki for marching away from Westeros. When Daenerys defends their way of life, he's infuriated. In King's Landing, Ned privately asks Grandmaster Pycelle about John Arryn, the former Hand of the King. Pycelle reveals that Arryn visited him the night before his death, seeking a book about the noble lineages of the Seven Kingdoms. Pycelle gives the book to Ned and tells him that Arryn's final words were, The seed is strong. Peter Littlefinger Baelish, who promised Catelyn he would help her husband, informs Ned that John Arryn's former squire, Sir Hugh of the Vale, was knighted immediately after his master's death, and tells Ned that he should discreetly seek out Sir Hugh, as well as an armourer Arryn visited several times before his death. Finally, he warns Ned not to trust anyone, not even him. Ned finds the armourer in question, who tells him that Arryn came to visit his assistant Gendry, a strong, dark-haired young man. Gendry tells Ned that Arryn wanted to know about his mother and what she looked like. Ned works out that Gendry is actually Robert Baratheon's bastard son, with a strong claim to the Iron Throne. In Vase Dothrak, Viserys attacks Daenerys after she talks back to him, but Daenerys strikes him across the face with a gold chain and concludes he's not wise or strong enough to return them home. Jorah tells Daenerys that the common people of Westeros do not care who leads them so long as they have food and peace. Back at the wall, John is partnered with Sam, who reveals that his father threatened to murder him if he didn't renounce his inheritance and join the Night's Watch, and they begin to bond, angering Alyssa Thorne. At the Hands Tawny, a jousting tournament held to honour the new Hand of the King, Sansa and Littlefinger watch as the Hound's older brother, Sir Gregor Clegane, a.k.a. the Mountain, prepares to fight Sir Hugh of the Vale. When the Mountain swiftly dispatches Sir Hugh, Littlefinger explains to Sansa that the older Clegane brother was responsible for the Hound's scarred face. As children, the Mountain found his brother playing with one of his toys and so held the Hound's face in the fire as punishment. Ned is visited by Cersei in his quarters, who asks if they can put the past behind them. Cersei tells Ned he cannot change Robert's ways, only clean up his messes, and the two part on uneasy terms. Having disguised their identities, Catelyn and Roderick Cassell are staying at an inn on the King's Road when Tyrion arrives with his men in search of rest. Although the inn is full, a stranger offers Tyrion his room in exchange for gold. Tyrion spots Catelyn and greets her, revealing her identity to the other patrons. Catelyn identifies the houses of several knights nearby, all of whom are sworn to her family, House Tully. 
With loyal allies surrounding her, Catelyn charges them to seize Tyrion so he can stand trial for the attempted murder of Bran Stark. We begin with poor dead Sir Hugh, killed by the mountain in the hands tawny. Ned suspects the tournament was rigged and persuades Robert not to fight in the tournament. Sansa is given a rose by the Knight of the Flowers, Sir Loras Tyrell, who unseats the mountain during their joust. In a fury, the mountain beheads his horse and attacks Loras. The hound steps in to defend him before King Robert calls the fighting off. Elsewhere in Westeros, Catelyn Stark and her men are headed to the Eyrie, a mountaintop castle home to her sister Lysa Arryn. Tyrion, now her prisoner, warns Catelyn that Lysa has grown mad in the five years since she last saw her. The party is attacked by a hill tribe. Tyrion convinces the soldiers to untie him and he fights alongside the other men, saving Catelyn's life. In King's Landing, Varys tells Ned that Jon Arryn was killed with the Tears of Lys, a clear and tasteless poison that leaves no trace. The pair conclude that Sir Hugh poisoned Arryn, but on whose behalf remains unclear. Varys claims to be a man of honour, but all may not be as it seems. While chasing cats in the dungeons for a water dance training, Arya overhears Varys talking with Illyrio, the merchant who sheltered Daenerys and Viserys in Pentos. He tells him that Viserys insists a war will break out between the Starks and the Lannisters once Ned discovers the truth that Jon Arryn was searching for. This discovery could result in Ned's death, and the conflict will give Khal Drogo the chance to invade. The two men leave the dungeons, unknowingly trapping Arya inside. Arya escapes the dungeons through a tunnel that takes her outside King's Landing to Blackwater Bay. Ned reprimands Arya for wandering off, and Arya attempts to warn him that two men were conspiring to kill him, but they're interrupted by the news that Catelyn has taken Tyrion prisoner. Catelyn is greeted at the Eyrie by her sister Lysa as she breastfeeds her ten-year-old Robin. Yeah, quite creepy. After berating Catelyn for bringing a Lannister into her home, Lysa locks Tyrion in a sky cell, which is a freezing dungeon with a sloped floor and an open wall facing the valley below. Ned is summoned to a small council meeting, where it's revealed, thanks to information passed on from Jorah Mormont, that Daenerys is pregnant. Ned urges Robert not to assassinate Daenerys and her child, as it would make them no better than the Mad King, but Robert refuses to listen and in protest, Ned resigns as Hand of the King. After Robert's outburst, his brother Renly discusses the King's failings with Loras Tyrell, who is revealed to also be his lover. Loras suggests that Renly should be King instead of Robert. Acting on behalf of her father, Cersei condemns her husband for letting Ned leave and for seeing Daenerys as a threat. Robert, who is itching for a fight, says that if the Dothraki do invade, they'll win. They discuss Lyanna Stark, Ned's sister, and Robert's true love, who died during Robert's rebellion. Cersei says that she was once in love with Robert, but he can't return the compliment. Before Ned leaves, Littlefinger takes him to meet the mother of one of Robert's bastards, a prostitute who is one of the last people Jon Arryn visited before he died. After leaving the brothel, Ned is confronted by Jaime Lannister, who has learned of Tyrion's arrest, and orders his men to take Ned prisoner, resulting in a fight. They're pretty equal but an overeager Lannister soldier stabs Ned in the leg, ending the fight. Jamie leaves with his men, but not before warning Ned that he wants his brother released. Heavily injured, Ned collapses. We pick up straight after the last episode, and Ned is injured from his fight with Jamie, facing Cersei and King Robert. A furious Cersei demands that Ned is held accountable for the attack on Jamie and the abduction of Tyrion. Robert, however, keen to hear Ned's side of the story, asks for her silence. 
Cersei persists with the demands against Ned and then insults Robert, who turns and strikes her across the face. Cersei tells him she will wear the bruise as a badge of honour. Robert restores Ned as the Hand of the King and orders him to get Catelyn to return Tyrion and make amends with Jaime. Before leaving, Robert announces he's going on a hunt and that Ned is to sit on the throne until his return. Over in Vae's Dothrak, the only city in the Dothraki Sea, and a place of peace where drawing a blade or spilling blood is punishable by death, Daenerys's grown connection and curiosity over her dragon eggs sees her attempt to hatch one of them by placing it upon the intense heat of a brazier. Disappointed at the lack of any baby dragon hatching action, she reaches to remove the egg, just as Eri, Daenerys's Dothraki handmaiden, enters the hut. Alarmed, she rushes to snatch the burning hot egg from Daenerys's hand and is astonished to find Daenerys unharmed. Cut to the cold north and Winterfell. Bran dreams again of the three-eyed raven. He follows the bird into the crypts of Winterfell, but is abruptly awoken by a delighted Hodor bursting into his room, carrying the new saddle that will once again allow Bran to ride a horse. Bran rides through the woods, watched by Rob and Theon, and Theon insists that Rob seek justice on the Lannisters for what happened to Ned and his men in King's Landing. Rob, however, is reluctant to start a war between the families, reminding Theon that the Stark house is not Theon's house. They stop bickering to find that Bran has vanished. When Rob finds him, the young Stark brother is being robbed of his horse by a group of wildlings. Rob kills two of them, but is stopped from killing a third when one of the wildling group grabs Bran and holds a blade to his throat. The ensuing standoff is broken when Theon fires an arrow through the back of Bran's attacker. The last surviving wildling, a woman by the name of Osha, pleads for her life and is taken prisoner by Rob. Chanting fills the air in Vae's Dothrak. In the centre of a crowded hut, a kneeling Daenerys bites a chunk from a stallion's heart in a ceremony that demands she eats the entire thing in one go. <coughs> As she finishes the last piece, the Dosh Kaleen, the wives of Karls who have died in battle, read the omens for Daenerys' unborn child, declaring she will have a boy and he'll be the stallion that mounts the world, whose coming is foretold in Dothraki history. Drogo lifts Daenerys in his arms and carries her around the room as a watching Viserys realises his sister is truly loved by her people. Jorah later catches Viserys attempting to steal the dragon eggs in jealousy. Jorah allows him to leave though, but without the eggs. Tyrion, still stuck in the Sky Prison, manages to pass a message to Lady Liza Arryn that he wishes to confess to his crimes. He admits to being a cheat and a liar, but insists he's innocent in the conspiracy to murder Bran. He claims a right to justice and demands a trial by combat. Sir Vardis Egan steps forward as Lysa's champion. Tyrion asks for a volunteer to represent him, and just as he looks doomed, a sellsword, a sellsword, that's a soldier who will fight for whoever pays the most, named Bronn, steps forward and declares he will represent. The beginning of a beautiful friendship alert. Back in King's Landing, Ned sits upon the Iron Throne and listens as a group of refugees tell of a huge knight ravaging their homes. Ned realises the knight in question is the Mountain, probably under orders from the Lannisters to punish those living upon lands ruled by House Tully, which is the former House of Catelyn. He strips the mountain of his knighthood and sends a hundred knights led by Lord Beric Dondarrion to arrest and execute him. Ned then orders word be sent to Casterly Rock, demanding Tywin Lannister, Cersei Jaime and Tyrion's father, comes to explain the mountain's actions or be branded a traitor. The trial by combat is admirably won by Bronn, and having been proved innocent in the eyes of the gods, Tyrion and Bronn are allowed to leave the Eyrie together. Ned decides to send his daughters, Sansa and Arya, from King's Landing back to Winterfell, but his decision is met by protest as Sansa declares she and Prince Joffrey are to be wed and have golden-haired babies. 
That intriguing description leads Ned back to the book that John Arryn was reading prior to his death. Under the entry for House Baratheon, he discovers that all Baratheon children have had black hair, apart from Robert and Cersei's. Hmm. During a celebration in Vase Dothrak, a drunken Viserys demands payment from Drogo for giving him his sister. Drawing his sword, an action punishable by death in Vase Dothrak, remember, he proves his seriousness and threatens Daenerys and her unborn baby. Drogo declares he will give Viserys a golden crown that will make men tremble to behold. Viserys is seized and Drogo pours molten gold all over his head. Daenerys watches him die an agonising, but let's be frank, brilliant, death. Tywin Lannister, Lord of Casterly Rock, Warden of the West, father of Cersei, Jaime and Tyrion, and generally terrifying man, is up to his elbows in blood. While talking to Jaime about the importance of family, he is expertly skinning a stag. Despite being summoned to King's Landing by Ned, Tywin is defying the king and raising an army to rescue his son Tyrion. In King's Landing, Ned Stark meets Queen Cersei to reveal he knows that Cersei's children are bastards born of incest. He offers the Queen a chance to escape and save the children's lives. Cersei mocks him. When you play Game of Thrones, she says, you win or you die. In Winterfell, Theon Greyjoy attempts to seduce the wildling Osher, who they captured in the previous episode. Maester Lewin interrupts to ask why she left her home, to which she replies that she's trying to get as far away as she can from the White Walkers. At the wall, Jon Snow sees a riderless horse gallop from the forests to the north. It belongs to his uncle Benjen, leaving Jon worried about what may have happened to him in the dark forests beyond the wall. Back in King's Landing, Lord Renly returns with a gravely injured King Robert, who is wounded by a boar. As he lays dying, Robert dictates his will to Ned, making him Lord Regent to rule until Prince Joffrey comes of age. Ned secretly changes the words, my son, to my rightful heir and Robert signs the parchment before being numbed senseless with milk of the poppy. Sir Barristan Selmy reveals that Robert took his wound because he was completely drunk. The King's squire, Lancel Lannister, had made sure that the King's glass was never empty. Ned informs Varys that the King no longer wishes Daenerys dead. Varys apologises, but his birds, his little spies, have already flown, and it's already likely happened. However, across the narrow sea, a very much alive Daenerys is trying to convince Khal Drogo to attack the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. But the Dothraki traditionally never cross sea. Sir Jorah is handed his royal pardon, alerting him to the assassination attempt on Daenerys. When a wine salesman offers her a taste of a very special vintage, Jorah knocks it from his hand and captures the assassin. In Castle Black, the Night's Watch recruits are assigned to their future roles within camp. Jon Snow is sent to serve with the stewards and not the rangers as he wanted. Lord Renly offers to bring a hundred swords to help Ned capture Joffrey so that they can rule the kingdom together after Robert dies. The Honourable Ned refuses and Renly flees the city with his men. Ned begrudgingly asks for help from Littlefinger. Beyond the wall, Jon and Sam kneel before a heart tree and say their vows to the Night's Watch. These vows include taking no wife, children or land. As they leave, John's direwolf returns with a dead man's hand in his mouth. When Carl Drogo returns and finds out about the assassination attempt, the Horse Lord promises he will lead his horde to the ends of the world to kill her enemies and seat their son on the Iron Throne. King Robert dies, and the King's Landing Council is brought before Joffrey on the Iron Throne. Instead of swearing loyalty, Ned brings out the King's will and takes charge of the kingdom. Cersei tears up the parchment as the guards kill all of the Stark men. Littlefinger presses a knife to Ned's throat and smiles. I did warn you not to trust me, he says. 
We begin with the Stark sisters, who are blissfully unaware that all hell has broken loose in King's Landing. While Arya spars with Sirio, Septimordain orders Sansa to lock herself in her room before distracting a group of Lannister soldiers. On her way there, Sansa is discovered by the Hound. Sir Merrin Trant and other members of the King's Guard attempt to capture Arya, but Sirio fights the soldiers and gives her just enough time to escape. In the palace dungeons, Varys brings Ned water and news that one daughter is captured and one missing. With Tyrion freed after his trial by combat, Ned has no bargaining chips left. Tyrion and Bronn travel through the Vale, but are attacked by a hill tribe. In exchange for their lives, Tyrion offers them gold, better weapons and support in capturing the Vale. At Castle Black, the Watchmen inspect the bodies of their fallen brothers, but Benjen is not among them. Sam notices that the corpses aren't decaying, despite appearing long dead, and so Lord Commander Mormont orders an inspection of the bodies. Jon Snow is informed that the King is dead, and that his father has been accused of conspiring with Robert's brothers to deny Joffrey the throne. Jon tries to leave, but Mormont reminds him of his oath to the Night's Watch. In King's Landing, Sansa protests her father's innocence to Cersei and begs to be allowed to marry Joffrey. As an act of loyalty, Cersei asks Sansa to write to her brother Rob in Winterfell, urging him to swear fealty to Joffrey. Rob receives his sister's letter and summons the Stark bannermen, quickly gaining their respect. Rob leaves Bran in charge of Winterfell and marches south. While praying at the Weirwood, Osher warns Bran that his brother's forces should be heading north beyond the Wall instead. At Castle Black, Jon Snow attacks Alyssa Thorne for calling him a traitor's bastard and is confined to his quarters as punishment. Later that night, his direwolf ghost begins to act strangely. Jon follows him to Mormont's rooms where he's attacked by the reanimated corpse of one of the dead rangers. The dead watchman is unaffected by Jon's attacks until he sets it alight with Mormont's lantern. The next day, Sam shares his belief that the dead rangers were touched by white walkers and reanimated as whites, which can only be killed by fire. Across the narrow sea, Drogo's Kalasar army raid a village to fund a future attack on the Seven Kingdoms. Daenerys demands that the women captured by the Dothraki must be married rather than just kept as sex slaves, and Drogo agrees. Margot, a member of the Kalasar, disputes Daenerys' authority and challenges Drogo to fight. Drogo agrees and kills him, but receives a wound to his chest. At Daenerys' insistence, Drogo allows the village's healer to treat his wounds, invoking the ire of the Dothraki, who believes she is a witch. Back in Westeros, Catelyn leaves the Eyrie when Lysa refuses to send troops to attack the Lannisters. She joins Rob's camp in the Riverlands, and her son tells her that he has 18,000 men willing to fight for him on the battlefield. Tyrion, Bronn and the Hill Tribe arrive at Tywin's camp. As Tyrion negotiates payment for his escorts, a messenger brings news that Rob Stark's army is advancing further south. Tywin demands that the tribesmen fight with the Lannisters in exchange for their reward, and they agree, so long as Tyrion fights with them. Rob struggles to decide which Lannister to attack, Tywin or Jaime. Rob's men bring him a captured Lannister scout, who they found counting the size of the Northern Army. Instead of killing the scout, Rob lets him go and asks him to tell Tywin that 20,000 Northerners are coming for him, angering his allies. The episode ends at court, where Joffrey makes Tywin the new Hand of the King, relieves the awesome Sir Barristan Selmy of his duties as Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, and replaces him with Jaime. Sir Barristan is disgusted by Joffrey's offer of a retirement castle and throws down his sword before leaving. Encouraged by Cersei, Sansa publicly pleads for her father's life. Joffrey promises that if he confesses to treason and recognises Joffrey as king, he'll be merciful. Sansa meekly replies that he will. 
Ned Stark is locked in the dungeons under the Red Keep and is visited by Varys the Spider, so-called because he sits at the centre of a web of spies, his birds. Varys suggests Ned make peace with the Lannisters and save his life by joining the Night's Watch. Ned refuses, but Varys points out that Sansa's life is also at stake. Rob's army is marching south to rescue Ned when they come to the Twins, the castle of the Freys who guard the only crossing on a big river. Lord Frey has a dubious sense of honour and never fails to extract a prize for using his bridge. Fearing a trap for her son, Catelyn enters the Twins to try and reason with him. The cost of Frey support and safe passage across the river? Rob must marry a Frey when the war is won. At the wall, Jon Snow is given the sword Longclaw by Lord Commander Mormont for his bravery fighting the Whites. The Longclaw is no ordinary sword, but one of the few priceless Valyrian steel blades left. Jon's loyalty to the Watch is tested when Sam mentions Rob is heading off to save their father. Maester Aemon reminds him that there is a cost to staying loyal to your vows instead of your family. Jon scoffs at him until Aemon reveals he actually used to be Aemon Targaryen, the uncle of the Mad King and watched as his house was destroyed. In the east, Daenerys watches as Khal Drogo falls from his horse, delirious with sickness. The mage, Mirimaz Dua, is called to heal him with a rite involving blood magic. When the other Dothraki find this dark magic being used, they threaten to kill Daenerys and her unborn baby, but Jorah saves them. This only sends Daenerys into early labour, and she's taken into the tent where the mage is summoning spirits. Tyrion arrives at the battle council of his father to find he and his tribesmen would form the front line of the army. Sensing imminent death, he spends the night drinking with Shay, a whore Bronn finds for him in the camp. Tyrion regales stories showing just how merciless Tywin is. On the morning of the actual battle, Tyrion is knocked unconscious accidentally and wakes up to find himself victorious. But the Lannisters have been duped. Robb Stark had led most of his troops against Jaime Lannister and captured him. In King's Landing, Arya is drawn by the bells to see her father being dragged from prison. She climbs on a statue to see him more easily, and Ned spots her. He tells Yorin of the Night's Watch to rescue her and get her out of there. While Queen Cersei and the Council look on, Ned confesses his crimes and swears that Joffrey is the true king. A smirking Joffrey speaks of mercy, but then calls for the executioner to bring him Ned's head. The last thing Ned sees is Arya being whisked away by Yorin as his own sword, ice, sweeps through his neck. Ned Stark is dead having just been beheaded in front of a baying King's Landing crowd, which included his two daughters. Arya, who is hiding and watching from a distance, is whisked away to safety by Yorin. Ned's last act upon spotting Arya was to secure her safe exit. He tells her she's now a boy and must keep her mouth shut if she wants to live, and with a dagger he cuts her hair off. News of Ned's death reaches Rob Stark in the Riverlands, and he swears vengeance. He declares he will not bow to Joffrey, or Stannis, or Renly. The Northmen lords declare him King in the North. King Joffrey, sitting on the Iron Throne, is torturing more of his subjects when he takes Sansa to look at the head of her father now skewered on a spike. When she objects, Joffrey has his betrothed beaten. He is not a nice boy. Meanwhile, Jaime Lannister is being held in a filthy prison in the Stark camp. Interrogated by Catelyn, he confesses to have thrown Bran from the window in Winterfell. Meanwhile, in the Lannister camp, Lord Tywin angrily explains that beheading Ned Stark was stupid and sends Tyrion to sort Joffrey out. The only condition on Tyrion taking up his new position as Hand of the King is that he must not take Shay, his beloved whore, with him. Not a condition he plans to keep. In Essos, Daenerys awakes to find that she has given birth to a stillborn son. 
the Dothraki have abandoned them, with only the weakest and oldest still in the camp. When Daenerys is taken to Khal Drogo, she finds him healed and alive, but catatonic and unconscious. The mage Miri Mazdur explains that only death may pay for life, and Daenerys got what she paid for. Their son is dead, but Drogo is alive. Technically. The Night's Watch leave on a mission. They will pass through the wall and go ranging into the far north against the wildlings. Yoren takes Arya to join the other recruits he has gathered in order to take them north to the Night's Watch. A fat lad called Hot Pie threatens her, but Gendry, the secret bastard son of King Robert, and rightful heir to the throne, is there and saves her before they are all led to walk a thousand leagues to the wall. Daenerys tenderly bathes her husband before smothering him with a cushion to end his suffering and turn him into Aquaman. On a funeral pyre, she places her dragon eggs beside Khal Drogo and binds Mirimaz Dua to the wood as punishment for her treachery. As the flames leap into the night, Daenerys walks into the fire. In the morning, much to the amazement of the camp, Daenerys emerges from the ash unburned, along with three baby dragons. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. You can watch every single episode of Game of Thrones seasons 1 to 7 with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. And the final season is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of April. For more details, head over to sky.com. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. If you know someone who needs to get up to speed with Thrones in time for that launch on April the 15th on Sky Atlantic, just send them our way. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback, have I pronounced a name wrong? I hope I haven't. Or ideas for a show that we should be covering. We'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at previous podcast or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk previously on is presented by jamie east and is a daft doris production Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.